0: The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. Well, good morning. It is good to be with you. Thanks for joining us on a beautiful day. Um, I know that it is amazing outside right now, and there's lots of other things you could be doing this morning. So thanks for being here. Uh, We are on week two of our series entitled Highly Questionable, where we are walking through over these five weeks habits that we want you to develop in your life so that you would have opportunities to share the hope that you have within. Before we jump in this morning, I want to pause, call time out, take a second, um, and address some of the things that happened this past week. Uh, As your pastor, I want to stand here, and I don't want to offer anything political, and I won't today, uh, but I think that we need to pause and, and just talk for a second about what took place uh, in Texas this past week. As your pastor, I want to ask you to do two things uh, this week as a Christ follower, as someone who loves Jesus. uh, And and these are things that I feel as after I prayed that God has put on my heart for you. The first is this, I I want you to pray. I would ask you to pray for our country. I would ask you to pray for your neighbors. I ask you to pray for the families uh, that were involved in this situation. And I know, listen, I read the same news you do, I look at the same social media you do, and I know there's this sentiment out there that right now the prayer is not enough. And as I have watched that, I've also watched other pastors I look up to, and one put it perfectly this week. Yes, we're called to do a lot of things, but as Christ followers, we're called to pray first. And so I'm asking you to pray first. Because on the eve of the four-year anniversary of our school shooting, there was a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and unlike ours, 16 kids lost their life, two teachers and a shooter. And I know right now there needs to be conversations, and there will be, about what we need to do to stop something like that from ever happening again, or at least less than the possibility. And again, those are all necessary. I feel that. My wife and I got a chance to have conversations with our kids this week. We had conversations. And here's what I'd ask. Whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do, do that. But again, as someone who's called to point you towards Jesus, my ask, my second ask, my first is to pray first. My second is to take this series serious. We are asking you to develop five habits that will help you become more like Jesus. We want you to engage your world with the love of Jesus. We believe that these are habits that would help you do that. And so my ask would be that you would lean in and actually do what we challenge you to do through this series and not just leave them here in this room. Because we have the opportunity to change the world. We know. That that is a result of evil, a result of sin. And for you and I, we have the hope of Jesus. We know that we win the war. That one day, he'll return. And there'll be no more death. No more tears. No more sorrow like we experienced this past week. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I, I cannot fathom. going to bed without one of my sweet children sleeping in their own rooms. And yet, 16 families experienced that this week. And we'll do that again tonight. Jesus, I pray that you would be present with those families. I pray for the families of the teachers who also lost their lives. And I pray for the family of the shooter. Jesus, we know what this is. This is the result of sin in our world. And we turn and we look to you in these moments because we know that you sit enthroned in heaven, that you are in control, that you are all sovereign and all-knowing, and that one day you will return and we will have won over sin. Jesus, give us the boldness to hear your word today and to act on it. Help us not to walk out of here without that desire. We love you, Jesus. We praise you and we give you all the glory this morning. It's your name we pray. Amen. This past week, the elders, staff, myself have absolutely loved being able to pray over the names that are on these cards. In fact, um, I've been in here a couple of times this we just praying and, and reading names out loud that you wrote down, either specific or general. And so I want to thank you first and foremost for writing a name on a card up there, because that's huge to us as we step into this series. We're praying and we want to encourage you uh, to take these next five weeks as we walk through an acronym that hopefully help you remember some of these habits. The acronym is this, BELLS. Okay, BELLS, bless, eat, listen, learn, and sent. Today, we're going to talk about the first step of that, which is bless. And I thought that the best way for me to communicate this to you is to give you a story of one of you. And so a couple months ago, I got a phone call from one of you who was interested in donating some money and supporting some kids in a mission trip in honor of uh, your son that experienced a traumatic life uh, situation. And so as I was on this phone conversation in my kitchen, um, I had to go ahead and say, hey, first of all, we're not really taking mission trips like that uh, because it's just too much right now with the current state of COVID and all those things. And I said, but we do have this awesome experience It's called CIOI Move that we take the kids to every summer, Christ and Youth Move. And um, it's, it's one week where they spend the entire year programming so that they could set the kids up for five days where it's just geared towards them and bringing them to the feet of Jesus and activating them in the kingdom of heaven. And so I said, we don't, we don't necessarily have mission trips. We have this. And and as I was having this conversation and I don't usually do this, but the Holy Spirit prompted, right? There's multiple kids on our scholarship form right now uh, that need help getting to camp. And so the first two, for some reason, the Holy Spirit kept just saying, tell the story, tell the story. And so finally I'm like, I, (laughs) I don't want to do this. They just, this is not fair, right? Like this isn't right. So in general, I went and listened to the Holy Spirit and I said, hey, the first two individuals on our list, this is their, a little bit of the story. So I proceeded to tell that. I finished and uh, (coughs) I had to pause for a second because I didn't hear anything on the other end of the line. Not about you, but like when I'm talking about iPhone, sometimes I have to like look and Make sure I didn't hang up. My face does things. I FaceTimed a lady that I never meant to FaceTime this week on the phone. Like, like, just anyways. And I was like, I'm like, no, she's still there. You know, like, you still there? And through tears, she proceeds to tell me that she wants to donate this money in honor of her son who has experienced the exact same thing. I can't do that. Yeah, gotcha. I was thinking about it again, right? Straight up an act of the Holy Spirit. She said, I want to cover their trips, but I also want to write them a letter and I want to do something else. I want to make them handmade notebooks for the trip. And so y'all, she made this. A notebook to me is not this. This is a masterpiece, okay? I like... This thing is handmade, different on every page. You can pull out and make notes on a note card. Let's see if I do better than first service. I couldn't put this back in first service because I was shaking so much. So, Let's see here. Yes, that was a lot faster. Okay. And so she, she brings these to me at the church and she says, here, here's the two notebooks, here's um, the money to cover the trips. How many girls do you have going on the trip? And I thought in my mind, if I think you're going where you're going, this, <laughs> that is crazy. I said, we have 36. She said, when do you leave? I said, we leave June 27th. She goes, I'm going to make one for every single girl. How many do you think I really need to make? I said, at least 40. She said, okay, I'll do it. 35 days before the trip, she brings this into my office. Not what Yeah. Not one of these is the same. I looked through them because I was like, maybe she like, you know, copied a couple and did like every five. Nope. Like they're all different, right? Every single one of them. Why? Because she understands what this means that we're talking about. She understands what it means that she's been blessed to then bless others. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because I think you've heard it said, blessed to become a blessing. And I want to change that a little bit this morning, and I want to offer this, blessed to become blessers. Is it the most grammatically correct sentence? No. Okay. I wasn't good at grammar, and so just take that for what it's worth. But hopefully you'll remember it, right? We have been blessed to become blessers to other people in our world, in our lives. And so this morning what I want to do, is just want to take a second to look at how we've been blessed. Because I think we have to understand, we have to sit in and realize how much we've been blessed before we can turn around and become the blessers God calls us to be. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be in verse 6. And this is a passage that we looked at in our last series called Unbelievable. And I still, when I read this passage... I just can't help but to think this is unbelievable. Romans chapter five, verse six. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his love, great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. (laughs) That is absolutely unbelievable. It's like the blessing of all blessings. And so, I'm sorry, my allergies are rocking my world right now. So I thought about, how, how do I explain to you utterly helpless? I want you to understand this. Like when we, we're found in our sin. We are utterly helpless. It doesn't matter if you've accepted Christ or have not accepted Christ, you're still sinful and you're still utterly helpless when it comes to your sin. And so I started to think about my 11-year-old boy, Taylor, who at 11 month old, <laughs> we used to call T the tank, okay? There was good reason for that because somewhere between months like eight and nine, he lost his neck, okay? You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, boy, it's just like a big old body and then a bowling ball sitting on top of it. Okay, like, I'm not kidding. I could show you pictures. I thought about getting a picture, but he gets embarrassed about these things. And so please don't say anything to him because he'll kill me. But like, he was huge. Get this, this is how bad it was. He could sit up on his own and he could crawl before he could ever roll over. (laughs) Like the boy fell over backwards and he was utterly helpless. It was like a turtle on a shell, right? And just he would scream and cry. I mean, he couldn't even do this to like get halfway there. He was so chubby, utterly helpless. And it was so sad, but at the same time, so funny to me, right? I know it's awful, but it was. And when I think about that picture of my 11-month-old boy, I think about you and I. Because in our sin, we're just as silly as Fallen back over onto our backs and can't do anything to help ourselves. God has to intercede for you and I. And when we try, we look like Him when we're doing this. You know, it's like there's no shot; ain't gonna happen. When we were utterly helpless in our sin, that's when God sent Christ to to do what? To die for us as sinners. Verse 7 says, now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person of especially good. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't don't think personally that I could say to you today that I would die for you. Next to my mom, my dad, my brother, my wife, my two kids. I don't, I can't say Faithfully, that I would choose to die for you. And what is Paul telling us? Paul's saying, listen, maybe, maybe somebody would die for someone who is upright. And someone would probably die for somebody who is good. But who would die for a sinner? Who would die for someone who is so blatantly living in their sin? There's only one answer to that question. It's Christ. And he did. One of my favorite duos of words in scripture comes in verse 8. But God. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That is the blessing. If there is a definition of the ultimate blessing, it would be verse 8. God died for you while you were a sinner why you were utterly helpless, why you couldn't do anything for yourself. That is the greatest blessing. And if we wake up every day and remind ourselves of the blessing that we have received, it's so much easier to walk out and be a blesser. Because you realize that you're breathing today because of that blessing. You realize that you get to come here to church because of that blessing. You realize that you get to look forward to eternity because of that blessing. And so what does it look like for us to live in the blessing that we've experienced and become the blessers? Well, Paul continues in a different, uh, different book, flip him into Philippians chapter two. You're gonna recognize this passage because this is titled, Having the Attitude of Christ. And Paul tells us, he gives us, some direction, but it also gives us some warnings. Because when it comes to this idea of us being blessers, we need, we, trust me, we need some warnings and you'll figure out here in a second why. He says this in verse one, of chapter two of Philippians. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. So Paul says, hey, have you in your relationship with Jesus, have you experienced any encouragement? Have you experienced any comfort, any fellowship, any compassion? If you have, you've experienced those not for you to hold on to it's not enough for you to just experience the blessing that God gives you and come to Sunday, church on Sunday and, and to be here and experience that and love that and enjoy that and then walk out and just keep it to yourself. That's not why he did it. He did it so that you could experience it and then pass it on. So that you could experience it and then go bless somebody else so that you could experience it and go connect another life to Jesus. <coughs> your job's not finished because you showed up to church today. Because he says there at the very end and working together with one mind and one purpose. And that, is, that purpose is to pass the blessing on. That purpose is to connect other lives to the hope that they have in Jesus. That purpose is to take these note cards and to do something with them. But he quickly gives us a couple warnings and we need these warnings because here's what I know. You put a name on those note cards and on those note cards, that can then become a project. It can become a checklist. It can become this legalistic thing. Well, I did that this week, so I'm good. And Paul didn't want that for you and I. And so Paul says this in verse three, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but instead be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Paul says, here's your first warning, right? First verse, don't be selfish or try to impress others. This is not, the end goal is not for you to feel satisfied. The end goal is for them to feel blessed. Listen, we can can go about blessing people that feels manipulative or feels about us or feels like it's a project. That's not the goal. The goal is to bless others so that they feel blessed. Paul knew you and I really well. He knew that we want to do things to make ourselves feel good. Well, okay, maybe not you. I'll just talk about myself for this morning, okay? Like when I bless people, I want you to know I blessed you so that way you know how awesome I am because I am. Herein lies the issue. Thank you for laughing because you know that's not true, right? He knows that. So he tells us right after telling us to do it, he tells us not to do it selfishly, not to impress others. And then closely related, he says, be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. The second warning he gives us is that it can't be a project. You actually have to put the other person in front of yourself. And so as I was praying this week over all these note cards, I started to think to myself, and I feel like the Holy Spirit asked this question of me. And so I'm going to ask it of you. That when we asked you to put a name on a note card, what if I told you when you put that name on that note card, there is no shot they will ever accept Jesus. They'll never step foot in a church and they will not spend eternity in heaven. Would you still write their name down on the note card? Would you still move towards them and bless them? Would you still choose to eat with them, listen to them and learn about them? Because the answer is no, because it's it's just pointless at that point, Lance. Then your heart's not where it needs to be. Because there's no guarantee that any of these people on these cards are gonna accept Jesus. They're gonna start coming to this church. They're gonna spend eternity in heaven, but I can tell you what I'm praying. i pray And one day I get, and I have prayed and asked God that one day I get to shake these hands. That one day these names will be people standing in that water right over there. And that one day there are gonna be people who are gonna be in front of me and behind me in line as we head into heaven. The question is: why are you choosing to be a blesser? And the answer has got to be because you've been blessed. It takes the idea that they're a project out of it. It takes the selfishness out of it. And it implants it with, I'm just going to put others before myself because that's what Jesus did when he went to the cross for you and I. And so how do we do that? Hey, what, am I, what are you asking of me? Listen, these are habits. I get that. I'm saying that over and over because we want you to do them over and over, want them to become habits in your life. I don't want you to just bless people this week as an action item. I want you to become a blesser as a habit, something you do all the time. Now, having said that, let me tell you the action item for this week, right? (laughs) Because the only way for us to make it a habit is to actually do it. And so this week, this is what I'm asking you to do. And I'm putting in a statement, I, because I want you to say this to yourself. I will bless three people this week. I want you to bless somebody that you wrote on a note card or the person you wrote on your note card. I want you to bless someone inside this church. And I want you to bless somebody outside this church. I will bless three people this week because here's what I know. Until we put something into practice regularly in our life, it does not become a habit. We've got to practice it first. And I don't know about you, but I'm selfish. I'll walk out these doors today and I'll be thinking about what I'm going to feed myself. I'll be thinking about when I'm going to lay myself down for a nap. I'm going to be thinking about what I'm going to feed myself later today. I think about a couple things often, all right? I'm not going to be thinking about who isn't going to be able to feed themselves today. I'm not going to be thinking about what that waiter or waitress has gone through this week and what they're dealing with today. I'm not going to think about those things. And so for me to think about those things, I have to have an action step to actually go and do and make sure I'm actually executing it so it will become a habit. And so what does it look like to bless somebody? I don't want you to walk out of here with questions about what I'm asking you. And so I'll give you three ways that you can bless somebody this week. Words of affirmation. They're also love languages. Words of affirmation. Write it in a card or a note. Text it out to them. Shoot them an email. However you want to do that. One of of my favorite things about when I accepted this role as Noblesville Campus Pastor is that some of you wrote me and sent me cards congratulating me on my role. Like It was so fun to open up these cards and read what you written. And one of them was a taco card. I don't know how you know the way to my heart other than putting Taco Bell inside of it. I don't know what else you could have done, right? (laughs) And I wrote you back. Because you encouraged me and I want to encourage you. It's a very simple thing to do. But it takes time to think outside of ourselves. And the second is, so words of affirmation. Acts of service is the second. Something you can do to, uh, to alleviate somebody else's burden in life. Uh, to, to help their life go smoother, run easier. It's an act of service. I'm not sure I need to give you an example of that. I think you understand what I'm talking about. The third is this, gifts. Who doesn't love getting a gift? I'm not sure I've ever met anybody that I've like went to give a gift to, like a surprise gift to. I'm like, eh, right. I don't need that. No, right? We love giving gifts and getting gifts. And here's the thing, is where do we find these things? We find them in the life of Jesus. Go back and read the Gospels. Because Jesus speaks words of affirmation. I think about Peter. Peter, upon you, the rock, will I build this church. I don't think any of us would have said that about Peter at that time. Peter opens his mouth too much for that. Acts of service. You saw Jesus do things behind the scenes. Don't go tell anybody that I did this. I think about the wedding very first miracle turned water into wine. Why? Because he didn't want the people that were hosting the wedding to be embarrassed because they ran out. It's an act of service, alleviating pain that somebody else might experience. And then a gift. I don't know if you've caught this yet or not, but he gave us the greatest gift ever, and that was himself on the cross. You cannot give that gift we can try. And so my ask for you this week is to bless three people, one on your card, one inside the church, and one outside the church. As a man that walked and talked this week, I felt like God was asking this question. And I know I've said that now twice, and it's true, because I've just had a hard time this week with the shooting that took place. Not that I don't have a hard time with every other tragedy that happens in the United States, but I've had a hard time with this one. And for some odd reason, I asked my wife, "What? why did a boy get to a place where he thought his only option was to walk into a school and shoot kids? And the only answer that I can find is that Because nobody in his world cared enough to bless him, to eat with him, to listen to him, to learn about him. That's what we're asking you to do this week with the people in your world. You know the saddest headline that I read about this young man? It's the first line of an article I opened up and I've only read two or three. He had no girlfriend. He had no close friends. And he was estranged from his family. In other words, he had nobody to talk to. You want to know what he did? He tagged random people on social media what he was going to do. I don't know if you heard this or not, but there was a woman that was literally texting communicating back and forth with him through social media. And he was telling her what he was going to do because he had nobody in his life to tell. I'm not going to get political whatsoever. This is straight up a theological thing. There are people dying and going to hell because they don't have the hope that you and I have in Jesus. And some of them are written on these cards right here. And I hope that you do not see these people as projects. I hope that you see these people as people who need the hope and the love of Jesus Christ like you and I have, that need to understand that they have a blessing, that they can accept just as much as you and I have. And that's why I'm asking you as blessed people to go and be blessers this week. And I'll join you in it. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we need your help. I need your help because at the end of the day, I am so selfish. And yeah, there's moments I can feel you nudging me to bless somebody else. and, And I just, it's awkward. It's weird. What if they don't like it? I have all the excuses under the sun. And yeah, when you and your Holy Spirit nudge, I pray that we would respond. I ask that you would give us boldness this week. To bless others, because what we know to be true, what I know to be true, is that as we bless the people that are written on these note cards, that we will ultimately be blessed, probably even more so. But God don't allow that to be the motivation. Would you allow the motivation to be the fact that you, our heavenly Father, sent your son? to die in our place while we were utterly helpless, to bless us with the greatest blessing we could ever experience. God, allow that to motivate our hearts this week. Holy Spirit, move and prompt us to bless others this week. And Jesus, thank you for being the ultimate example and sacrifice of what it looks like to bless others. We love you, we praise you, and we pray these things in your precious name, amen.